Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Island Library Podcast. I'm Jo from Pages of the Moon. And I'm Laura from Laura Liz Buckley. And today we are bringing you an extra special episode because this episode is in crossover with another fabulous podcast, which is very, very exciting. It's our first one. Today we are both reading the same book and that book is interview with the vixen an original archie horror novel by rebecca barrow so it's a little bit different and this episode is in crossover with the riverdale high av club podcast and i'll put a link for that down in the show notes just so you can go check them out because they're really amazing how excited are you for this episode i'm so excited it's our first collab i feel like we're really growing as a podcast i know also be on the lookout for the bonus episode where we actually sit down with that podcast and we talk all things books and all things nerdy and lovely so listen out for that but just because i'm so excited to get straight into this i'm just going to read the synopsis from interview with the vixen Everyone knows popular Archie Andrews, girl next door Betty Cooper, angsty Jughead Jones and the sophisticated Veronica Lodge. But this is not the Riverdale you know and love. Something twisted has awoken in the town with Pep. Veronica Lodge has it all. The rich parents and the big house, popular jocks crushing on her. The perfect best friend and fangs. When Veronica gets bitten by an ancient vampire named Theodore Finch, she learns that he plans to turn all of Riverdale's most powerful citizens into vampires, including Veronica's parents. Veronica knows the only way to save the people she loves is to kill Theodore, but can she keep her own bloodlust under control? So dramatic. Super dramatic. So, just for context of this episode, I actually have seen Riverdale the TV show, so I do know a little bit about it. But Laura has not. She has come to this. Yeah, I know nothing. I'm coming in completely blind. She is so fresh. And it's going to make for discussions even more exciting. Do you want me to go first with the pitch or do you want to go first with the pitch? Oh, I'll go with my pitch. I'm so excited. All right. I'm so excited. Do it. So here is my pitch for Interview with the Vixen. In the small town of Riverdale, anything is but what it seems. Especially for Veronica, who has just learned Archie is going to Betty's. Again. In a rage, she goes home, only to find her parents dead and a man with pointy fangs and a dislike for garlic waiting for her. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I've taken a bit of a different angle with my pitch, which goes as follows. Veronica Lodge is popular, rich, and more than a little intimidating, something that only gets worse when she's turned into a vampire. She'll have to team up with her nerdy lab partner and try not to eat him if she's going to foil the evil plan of the vampire who turned her. But is she willing to give up her new powers for the good of the people she loves? Dun, dun, dun. Indeed. I feel like, honestly, I feel like you could do that after every single chapter of this. Yeah, literally. It's very dramatic, but I'm like here for it. (laughs) And the chapters are only like two to three pages long a lot of the time. So it really is a book full of dun, 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 dun. Like by the end of it, the dun, dun, dun is like so worn out that it's like, dun, 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 dun. (laughs) (laughs) So there's actually 86 chapters in this book, which sounds like it's going to be a humongous book. But just as Laura's just said, they're only like a couple of pages long. And I feel like it really builds this tension over the book because you just get into one character's point of view and then it just quickly changes because you do cover quite a few different points of view in it obviously the main story follows veronica which we got from both the blurb and our pictures and everyone else kind of just adds their own little tidbits into it and it just sort of breaks up whatever veronica's doing so it's like you're kind of desperate to get back desperate and hungry like a vampire <laughs> to get back to Veronica. Uh, I'm going to be extra cheesy during this episode. <laughs> I can already okay. feel it now. Noted. I do not apologise for it though. I do not apologise for my cheese. And, and why should I should you? never apologise. Um, no. We've got the usual suspects in this book. We've got, as, as we've already said, Archie, Betty, Jughead, Veronica, Cheryl Blossom, who is... Who, who's Jughead? Jughead didn't appear 
It was like oh, a small okay. nod to him. So he's mentioned in the blood, but he doesn't show up. So he is mentioned in it that he's gone on a fishing trip with his dad. But normally he plays like a, quite a significant role. <laughs> I love that. So they're taking the time to explain why he's not there. And I didn't even clock it because I have no idea who he is. So I didn't care. I kept thinking, surely he'd have quite a lot of opinions about the situation. <laughs> but obviously, conveniently, he's not there. So that's why. But yeah, he's... He's very angsty. Very angsty. He's played by Cole Sprouse in the Riverdale show. Oh my god, the, the um, Zach and Cody. I'm, I'm shrugging. Zach and Cody from Joe is not impressed. From Disney. Did you? Oh, Sweet Life. Sweet Life, Zach and Cody. I can only Right, I'm showing you right, guys. I'm just going to show her a picture of Cole Sprouse because you must know Cole Sprouse. He's been in loads of stuff. I probably do know him. I just don't know his name. Um, I guess I've seen him. Anyway. I don't I don't have an opinion no. on him, so I must not have seen him in much because I'm very opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like normally we give a rundown of what the plot is, but the plot is actually really well explained already from the blurb in our pictures. But basically, Veronica comes home, her parents are on the floor with like two little bad muds in their neck, bleeding, and she's like, oh my God, daddy. Oh my God, mommy. And then Theodore's like, hello there, Veronica. <laughs> I am a vampire. I am an evil vampire. <laughs> Flee me if you dare. <laughs> Which she does because obviously no one's going to be there like, oh my God, bite me. So she flees and still becomes a vampire. So, you know, running doesn't save lives, kids. <laughs> yeah, you may as well just give up and succumb to your fate. That's the, that's the message here. Abandon hope all ye who enter here and become a vampire. <laughs> I mean, you do get to live forever though. Yeah, I mean, she gets pretty into the vampire thing. She proper picks up a vampire aesthetic, doesn't she? She's all, like, leather and moody. <laughs> I love... So, right, okay. One of the things that I enjoyed in this book was her particular take on what sort of fashion means, which I really like. She's got she's got a strong views that the image matters and there's nothing frivolous about carefully crafting the way you look, which I have a lot of respect for. Respect that. And then, so we're treated to lots of descriptions. I also love that she's equally as hurt by the pearls being broken as she is hurt by the fact that she's stabbed in the neck. Yes. Like, both of them to her are the same thing. (laughs) Whereas I would be a little bit more concerned about the pearls. (laughs) No kidding. Obviously, we have to worry first and foremost about our accessories, next about our impending doom. Yeah, her priorities were a bit odd a lot of the time. So one thing that comes up fairly early on, she she discovers that, or decides that she's going to have to kill the the vampire, the evil vampire. And she's just totally chill about the fact that she's going to have to kill somebody. Like, it doesn't seem to phase her at all. She's like, she, I mean, she's not even that worried about how difficult it might be, which would have been one of the primary concerns for me, possibly secondary to the fact that, you know, personally, I don't want to speak for you, but I've never killed anybody in my life. I mean, and I don't know how well I'd take to it. I definitely <laughs> killed people like... in books. I definitely not killed people in real <laughs> life. I don't think I've even killed anybody in a book, but that's just because I mostly write YA contemporary and it's... I'm, I'm not writing that that kind of story. But there's one moment where... So I think I wrote it down just because... Yeah, okay. So at one point, she makes a note to herself like, oh, the old Veronica would have turned her nose up at the thought of killing someone. And I'm like, really? Turned your nose up? That's what you're going with? Killing someone? Oh, how gauche. (laughs) Oh, my... Would have been horrified. Would have been deeply troubled. No, she. The old Veronica would have turned her nose up, but Vampire Veronica is like, eh, gotta be done. She she has some very odd just ways about her generally. Like she gets quite annoyed that when people say they want the old Veronica back, she assumes she they mean fashion wise. And I'm like, I just <laughs> generally think your friend really cares and just wants you back, human. And not a bloodsucking rather than the fact that they're worried about the fact that you want to eat people, rather than the fact that you've adopted a sort of leather black attire compared to your pink frills that you would normally wear. Because I think in the book she wears pink. 
It's okay, because in the show, she wears a lot of black. Like, a lot of black. So, the, to the point that I was like, she's not really looking that much different. <laughs> but then, obviously, <laughs> I haven't read the comics, so I don't know what the comic dress wear is like mm. for Veronica as a character. So, I'm just, like, basing her off the show. But I was actually like, okay, so she's wearing a leather jacket with her otherwise black attire. Like, what is everyone's massive deal about it? <laughs> oh, and the boots. It's very... We need to point out that she picks boots and not heels. So I think I feel like that's what everyone's really upset about. Really, is the fact that she's in boots. Yes, but you know, when when you've got to kill a vampire, when you're no longer turning your nose up at killing people, you've got to wear appropriate footwear. You do because if you slip and fall on a steak, as in the wooden things, not the food. <laughs> I think probably contextually, people would have picked that up. But thanks for clarifying. Probably, that's what I'm here for. Um, my second favourite thing other than the fashion attire was the fact that Dilton knew exactly where to find supplies to kill a vampire. Like He's like, we're just going to go to basically the Chilling Avengers of Sabrina and we're just going to buy everything. <laughs> and then we'll just come back. I mean, MVP of this story, Dilton, who's like, need blood? I got you. Need steaks? I got you. <laughs> even at the end, doesn't he build like a, he built a contraption? within the stakes and i'm like dude it's like dexter's laboratory you got this is incredible they make a joke about the fact that he needs an underground lab and i'm like bitch (laughs) dylan has one he's dexter from dexter's laboratory he doesn't need it he's all over this shit (laughs) he's keep up (laughs) he already has one he's just not unveiled it yet chill out for him yeah so very early on we get we get a lot of vampires straight away Sort of a spoiler, sort of not. I'm not going to go into the the, the storyline for this character, but Veronica, to make Archie Andrews jealous, decides to go on a date with Reggie, which obviously is halted by the fact that she becomes a vampire. But they have a car crash, and neither of them like wake up with the other one around, even though their cars hit each other, which was very baffling for my brain to figure out like what the crack was happening. But obviously Reggie also becomes a vampire, but he is not as considerate about his vampire gift as Veronica and decides to just go around biting peeps. Mm. That that confused me because okay. <laughs> he's like, oh, I need to eat. So he he, he succumbs his, his bloodlust by not eating a human. And then he, he meets Veronica who's like, you need to lay low. And then he's all like, meh, meh. I'm just gonna bite peeps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens very it was, quickly. Yes, the whole sitch with them was was kind of weird because obviously, like, yeah, they they crash into each other, and then Veronica th- assumes that she kind of just imagined that because when she wakes up, he's not around. I think they both got moved by whoever turned them, so that I assume is why they wake up apart, and then. Reggie is super worried about Veronica. And Veronica's like, eh, probs imagine that. But, like, also, it bothers me that she didn't even think, oh, so he might have come to my house where there was a vampire just killing people. Like, that doesn't occur to her. She's like, probably didn't crash into him because he wasn't around, so I assume he's totally fine. And then he's really worried about her. So in that way, he seems more conscientious. But then you're right. As soon as he's spoken to her and she's like, yeah, probably keep a low profile until we sort this out he's like alternatively eat everybody literally he bumps into somebody and you think oh what's happening here and he's a bit flirty flirty and then he's like Ow. <laughs> and then like he's like oh i killed her oops damn oh look another body <laughs> he just goes on a massive feasting yeah. spree it's like he's never eaten before in his entire life and he only devoured, I think it was a fox, like, a couple of hours before he yeah. got into Veronica. So I'm a bit like, are you really that hungry? <laughs> are you? Or are you just eating for the sake of it? The the blurb obviously makes a big deal of Veronica's bloodlust, but it doesn't actually turn out to be that much of an issue. No, she's barely hungry. Hers? Like, she's, she's very in control. Like, she does, it references the fact that she's hungry. But she never has any particularly close calls with it, does she? No. There's only that first one when she first sees Dilton. And he's all, he's, yeah. he's like over that immediately. He's like, oh my god, this is so cool. Veronica is a vampire. <laughs> he's so ca- But I kind Ooh, of... fun. Let's research. But I think as much as I'm looking at this maybe from an adult's perspective and I'd be like, guys, 
come on. I'm also like, when I watched Chicken Adventures of Sabrina, just as a reference, and I sometimes would think, Sabrina, why are you doing that? But then I also have to remember that they're 16 and they also think that they can do everything. And Veronica's obviously mainly like, I'm going to prove my dad wrong because she's got like dad issues. Massive, massive daddy issues. (laughs) Major, major daddy issues here. Major. And that kind of, every parent's a bit dumb because like Betty's mum's not all that worried about Betty just almost being at the car crash. The parents just don't seem as aware. And I mean, Veronica's parents are dead. So, like, I can let them off. But, you know that trope that is like, why do the kids always manage to save the end of the world from happening? Whereas I feel like without the kids in Riverdale, the world would have ended. I know they're very blasé about it, but also it's probably because at this point they're like, for God's sake, last week there was an alien invasion, the week before there was a massive murder on the loose. Now this, Jesus, what next? And they probably had to deal (laughs) with quite a lot. So... When I was reading it, I actually just found it really fun. I didn't it was a, I didn't yeah. find it silly. Like now I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh my god, that is quite silly. But at the time I was like, oh my god, this is such the this is so fun. There's no high stakes in it. I know there is because she's a vampire and she's gonna like save the world. But it didn't feel like when I was reading it, I was like, Oh my god, if they don't do this, this is the end of the world as we know it. It's like very contained in this very small town. So you just end up yeah. going along for the ride, like, yeah, just bite peeps if you want, Reggie. Just bite all your classmates. Yeah, it was a very entertaining read and sort of moved at a decent pace, partly because of the short chapters. I do want to quickly come back to the the multiple perspective thing, because that felt kind of pointless. I get that it let us see stuff that we wouldn't have seen from Veronica's point of view, but so at first, because obviously the blurb makes it sound like as it is, it's Veronica's story. It's like pretty much 100% about her. And then you get alternating perspectives for the first few chapters, but after a while, it kind of always gives up on that. It's like Veronica, 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 Veronica. Oh, one chapter from Dilton's point of view, Veronica, Veronica. One chapter from Reggie's point of view, Veronica, Veronica, Veronica. And I kind of felt like... (laughs) If this is Veronica's story, just let it be Veronica's story. Stop stop showing us these other random things. I kind of... Not that I didn't think that there was stuff that was interesting in them because you got to see, like, how Reggie got from point A to point B, which you would otherwise have just seen him show up somewhere. But you kind of could have got... Yeah, teeth bared. <laughs> But I think you got enough from Veronica's point of view when she met him that that would have made sense. Or rather, you could have got enough from Veronica's point of view that that would have made sense if the author had decided that she was just writing from Veronica's... Like, following Veronica in the story. Then we could have seen more of a hint of the fact that Reggie was not in a good place. The only thing that I'm thinking is that maybe... Because the author's obviously taking inspiration from the Archie horror comics, is that, you know, like in the section of comics when it goes meanwhile and then it like breaks off to like a small well, part yeah exactly I'm thinking that's probably and what they tried to do and to incorporate that into it but also it's slept times it actually gave you a second to breathe before you like jump straight back in you know like those proper like dum 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 moments and then you just like go and chill with betty for like two pages and then you come back yeah. and you're like oh no she's still in the exact same situation what are we gonna do yeah i get it and there's particularly towards the end i can see why it was useful but then from that i think so i'm i appreciate that it comes from a comic and i i i can you know you can see that when you're reading it it feels very like a comic and even so it's in third person present tense which is a bit of an unusual one but that makes it feel very much like a comic in that sense that you're kind of it's very, it feels very immediate because you're seeing it all play out right there, but you do have that element of distance where you're not looking through their eyes. Yeah. So, But at the same time, it, it this is a book, and so I'm thinking about it like a book. And I do think that from a narrative point of view, it was not a choice that I would have probably made. Now, again, like like you said, it feels very comic-esque and i think it has drawn the inspiration from there so it makes sense in that context i just wanted to flag it as a, as a primarily a book reviewer yeah yeah no 100 like definitely at the beginning i definitely didn't feel like there's as much need to flip point of views like i definitely think we could have sat with veronica for a little bit longer but i did like that the break in the tension 
more the latter half of the book I thought it was better executed the latter half mm. because the characters point of views we were getting were actually relevant to the story like I think we get a Cheryl Cheryl yeah. chapter we get a Dilton chapter we get then an update on Reggie and I feel like they're all really relevant but at the beginning I don't I don't know if it's because it's like well these are the main characters of technically this overarching mm. comic that we need to like check in with them and see where they're at like Joe Kemp didn't get a point of view <laughs> he's just we just told he's 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 off somewhere fishing imagine if we had had a chapter that was just him fishing and having no idea what was going on <laughs> I mean on. that that that's actually been quite legendary meanwhile he's like, like waiting for my fish <laughs> <laughs> just having like I think he's with his wow. dad reeling it in reeling it in but yeah like definitely from a book point of view the first half of the book I felt like was it was really trying very hard to establish itself whereas the latter half of the book it, it, it already hit its stride by that point I think there's definitely you'll, you'll find that when you read and it there's a chapter and I can't I don't want to give it away what the chapter is and that's when you realise the book has stepped up into that notch now right okay now we're really getting into what is actually going to be occurring in the in this town and then because of that the book seems more seamless the latter half compared to the first half the first half i, I kept finding it was quite jumpy and it's like because we'd already knew what was happening from the blurb and then like i think the second second or third point of view of veronica we'd already got her being a vampire i was like okay so where is this now going because now we've we've mm. fully explored the blurb so, so what's the big plan? And I did like that. I, I wasn't expecting the things that were going to come up because it, it like it, like I said, it hit its stride by the middle point. We'd established where all the characters were. And that's, that's, that's actually, while we've established where the characters are, I think if you don't know the characters, you don't really know a lot about them. So I don't know if that's why maybe the beginning bit felt a little bit like pointless for me. Because I, oh, no, I didn't know the characters and it didn't feel all that useful oh, for okay. me either. It's not like I came out of that thinking, okay, good, now I feel like I've got an understanding of who these people are. I feel like I picked that up as much through the action as I did through the kind of the scene setting elements of that first part of the book. I did, the main thing I got from those first chapters is that most of the characters seemed pretty unlikable. I did warm to them by the end, but yeah, first of all, I was like, okay, we've just got a bunch of fairly shallow, irritating characters in this. Fine, I can deal with that. <laughs> Do you have a Justice Award this week for any of the characters? Just out of interest. Because um, I don't. Because I feel like everyone everyone had the story that they needed to have. Yeah, I might say Justice for Cheryl. Because to my mind, she felt like just a knockoff Veronica. Um, and I, But maybe that's just who she is, so... They're sort of, fr- I think they say it in the book as well, but they're like frenemies. They're frenemies, yeah. So they're very alike because what, what something this book did, does touch on is that they're like the founding family, so the Lodges and the Blossoms, they've been like... Fan- well, maybe maybe this is a question for when we speak to the the other podcasters, but is this a thing in America that little, little towns and stuff have these founding families? Because it's a massive thing in the Vampire Diaries as well. I think so. That's, that's so funny. Because um, I've just finished watching Shit's Creek. And the like the family that the town's named after still live there, and the the like the the son at the minute is. And they're a big deal, huh? Well, he's the mayor of the town in Shit's Creek. Oh wow! But yeah, like I think again, I'm touching on the TV show, so, and I've not read the comics, so I don't know how how mm. much of this is taken from it and how much the. Sorry, I completely derailed your no, point. No, 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 it's just... fine. But they actually in the Riverdale TV show they did a crossover episode where you saw what the parents were like at school. And I, they all did go to school together, and that's how they all know each other. So I, th- I feel like it might be quite a big thing over there. But Cheryl is kind of like... So she's got a twin brother, and uh, there's a big plot in season one of the TV show, so I'm not going to give anything away to anyone who's never watched it. Well, justice for our twin brother, who doesn't get much of a look. Well, he's in... He's in Switzerland, Yeah, he's he? in Switzerland in this one, uh, which I didn't really understand, because I'm sure he's a twin. Uh, I'm sure they're twins in the show. Maybe they're not twins in the comics. I don't know. But anyway... And she is like, she's the mean girl, I would say. And Veronica isn't. She can be quite mean spirited, but she ha- she's friends with like the, I would say the protagonists. Yeah, I feel like the distinction between them is thin. Yeah, probably, I think in this book, I think definitely so. But as as a, as a Less thing, so in the... as a thing as a whole, okay. I think there's 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 a few differences. I think they're very unafraid of both playing the bitch card a lot of the time 
But when Veronica arrives in the TV show, again, all based on TV show, sorry, she That's tries right. to dethrone Cheryl. But I think they all become friends later on in the series anyway. So it's like, it's, it's just a thing. Okay, sure. But I do like Cheryl. I really like her in the TV show. She she gets a girlfriend in the TV show. That's nice. Yeah, that's right. Her um, she's clearly is she, is she bi or is she a lesbian? I don't bi. But yeah, it, it's she's pretty clearly not straight in the book as well. Which yeah, was... yeah. By rights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just interject to that. Whoop, whoop. Wave the, wave the bi flag. Did you like that it was told from Veronica's point of view, or did you wish that it had been done from a different perspective? Like, if, if take taking it out of context of it being a comic, like, just as a book. Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I liked I liked Veronica's point of view. I thought she had an interesting journey. Considering that the, the, the book is painted in very broad strokes, it's not a book of subtlety. No. I think, and um, this comes across as well, sorry, this is slightly derailing your question, but there are a lot of very, I think, heavy-handed uh, references to kind of feminism and which I don't think they sat all that comfortably in the story, but I mean, I liked them. I thought on balance, it was nice to have them. And I liked the way that that was part of Veronica's character. And I think her kind of growth throughout the story was impressive, considering it was a very, in many ways, it was quite a silly book. Yeah. So I I enjoyed her perspective. Did you want it to be from somebody else's or did you like No, I did like hers. I think I would have liked not third, though. Maybe first. Just because I yeah. tend to keep getting pulled out of the bits where then we then we're let into her head. Do you know the italic bits? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the biggest fan of that unless it's done sure. sporadically. And the, this led more on it was more often than sporadic. So then it was just a bit like, well, why did we choose third person if we? Oh, different... Yeah, why not just have it in first yeah. if you want to tell us so many of her direct thoughts? There, there's a narrative style that lets you do exactly that. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's probably more of a personal thing. Like just for me, it just bugs me more because I'm like, was there really any need? And it's also like the way in which it's then done, so it still fits the third person. So it's quite, oh, d- no, Daddy, I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, well, do, do we need that particular voice if we were just already in her head? But yeah, it was just, I just wondered out of curiosity. But no, I like that it was from Veronica's point of view uh, over like someone else. I don't feel like it would have been very well explained from somebody else's point of view. Unless it was Reggie's. No, uh, Reggie's book. I I kind of agree about the third person, first person thing. I think it's, I think it's another ca- um, carryover of it coming from a comic. Yeah. But in terms of book writing, I would have liked to see it in just straight first person. Probably. What did you think about the ending? Um, I mean, it it definitely feels like it's setting up for next time on <laughs> next time on Riverdale. Vampironica. Vampironica. <laughs> I mean, I I thought it was I thought it was fun. I I liked. Obviously, I don't I don't want to spoil it. Yeah. So I don't want to say why I liked it, but I did. I like liked it. the twist. There's a, there's a good twist, and it's not all as what it seems. And I and I thought I kind of suspected that something was going to derail their massive plan, but in another part of me, I was really really glad that it was executed in the way it was executed because uh-huh. I kind of wanted a sequel. I just started to like, especially this the second half of it, I was like, yeah, I could do this. I could keep reading this. And then at the end, I was like, yeah, what a good, that's a good, that's a good way to end a book, I feel. Yeah, I like, it felt like there was a nice combination of resolution and a few things where you're thinking, oh, that could, that could go in an interesting direction. Yes. There's, there's some cracking description in the book. One that I particularly made a note of that made me giggle he feels her vein pop the fizzy gasp of it and her blood explodes into his mouth i love that the fizzy gasp yeah what a way to describe popping someone's vein with your vampire tooth fang i suppose i should say and also like still keeping it very age appropriate yeah it wasn't like too walking dead (laughs) no i i so i mean it made me laugh, but not in like a how stupid, but in kind of a, huh, that's a fun, yeah, was, fun way to describe it. I feel like that. there's a I lot of it. really good, fun, chunky descriptions. Like instead of making like it very apparent that Betty doesn't have as many balls as Veronica does. It's like, oh, she stares at her wide eyed for quite a long, like her with bug eyes and stuff. And I was like, that's quite clever because that gives away about Betty as a character, but also 
you you're really getting that expression really well and I I, I definitely think that's a, a bonus to maybe this sort of age because I was I was trying to think is it young adult but then I don't know if it's it's sort of like borders like I feel like someone at the end of middle grade could probably read this and be okay but I definitely feel like it's more yeah. middle of the YA and I thought there's definitely a lot of compelling things about this sort of age that is targeted at that you can have these fun descriptions where it borders that silliness but you get so much out of it and you get to have like what, what you just quoted like just alternative words to say it and it fits perfectly well in the story whereas if you put that word say in the walking dead for example they wouldn't fit yeah but it was a fun read. it was a fun read were there any sections of it that you'd like to have cut i'd have liked to have cut some of those alternative point of view chapters towards the beginning where it felt like it just felt unnecessary at that stage to be coming away from the person who was clearly the protagonist the person who's perspective we were clearly mostly reading from so a lot of the dilton stuff towards the beginning not that i not that i didn't like it in the moment it was fine but it's not necessary you're not he because he recaps everything for veronica anyway so veronica has to go through the information that he's found when she's back in yeah in the driver's seat as it were so yeah i would have probably cut some of that but i everything is so quick and every chapter is so short it's not like in Game of Thrones where you come to a if you come to a perspective that you don't like so much, you're like, okay, well, I'm we're here for the next forty minutes, so better settle in. You know, you come to a Delta Chan, you think this probably isn't that necessary, but in three pages, I'll be back with Veronica. So whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I think I would have liked to cut the 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 triangle, the love triangle, just because I I don't feel like it gave much to her character. I know it it set her mm. up with the date, but I feel like she was always going to go home, so I don't feel like that was completely necessary, and she could have still run sure. into. Reggie physically in the car by just passing him because it's a small town and I just felt like it's sort of I know it's probably a quite a huge part of the comics so I know that why the nod for it was there but I just felt like in terms of this it sort of became a big part of the book at the beginning in the first like quarter and then it just dropped off and it just wasn't that important until like yeah a, a small section at the end where I was like okay we would have got that context anyway without the bit at the beginning because of the way she talks about Archie, that we wouldn't have needed the specific love triangle to be a part of the book. So then we could have cut that and had a bit more Veronica and a bit more of her struggling mm-hmm. because I feel like it, it needed to keep going. Meanwhile, I bet he's, she's there like trying to cuddle up with Archie. Whereas Yeah, it, and it kind of threw me, because again, because I don't have any context, I didn't think that Betty and Veronica were friends until about halfway through. And then I really liked their friendship. When I realised what was going on there, I was like, oh, actually, they're really cute together as, as mates. Um, but because I didn't have any idea that they were meant to be friends, I didn't think they were. I thought that Betty was basically another Cheryl. Yeah. And then kind of realised what was going on. Later. Yeah. So, do you have a seashell rating? Um, it's really tough because, I mean... Uh, just purely in terms of how much fun I had reading it, I'm probably going to give it a three and a half. Obviously, the caveat being that there are things that I thought were not super well executed, but I enjoyed it. I definitely had a lot of fun with it. So yeah, I'm going to go with three and a half. How about you? So I'm sort of the same, but I'm leaning more towards four, but I don't feel like it I can give it four, but I had a lot of fun. That is exactly the thought process that I went through. I was like, I almost want to give it four because it was a real laugh, but that feels wrong. If I take out from it that, if I if I keep saying that I know it's based off a comic and that I know it's a TV show, I would probably give it a four just for the enjoyment factor. But if I'm thinking of it as a, as a book and would I read the series as a book by this author I'm going to give it three and a half so that's where I'm currently at it achieved a lot more than what I probably thought it was going to from the first chapter so it lived up quite well but then I think there's there's things you could have tightened up on which then gives leads me to a three and a half so I feel like very similar to you sure it's I mean it's pretty telling isn't it that the the beginning of the blurb everyone knows 
Archie Andrews, Betty Cooper, Jughead Jones, Jughead Jones, who isn't even in this book. It's like, it's very clearly for people who are already familiar. So I think the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did with absolutely zero context is quite impressive and says quite a lot for how the author's drawn you into the world. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, that's still from, like you said, that still does let it down in terms of just reviewing it as a standalone book. Yeah. So would you take it to your island library? I wouldn't, although there's part of me that kind of would be like, yeah, why not have something that's just completely daft and fun? But no, I, I wouldn't take this to the Island Library. <laughs> How about you? So I'm similar. I'm very torn because I did really enjoy <laughs> it and it was super easy to read. And basically, um, when I began it, I was like, oh my God, where is this going to go? Because for, for the listeners, uh, I know I've made mentions of the fact that I've watched the TV show, but I felt quite disappointed about the TV show at certain points. Like, I loved season one. So when I started this, I was like, please, please be season <laughs> one goals as a book. And so I think I went into it very hard and like with a very hard an exterior. And then slowly I melted and I, I fell in love with it. So then part of me is like, I do want to take it because it's so fun. And I did really enjoy it. And it did really take me out of the nonsense of the pandemic for a minute. But then realistically, when I think about it as a standalone, I'm also like, I, I don't think I would probably pick it up over some of the others that I've already taken. So I'm going to say no. But it's very close. Yeah. It's very close. You know, if it was... Closer than it had any right to be, considering that it's just a silly... I mean, it's I mean, it's designed to be a little fun accompaniment, really, isn't yeah. it? To the... Yeah, so it's lived up really, really well. So it's, it's, stood, it's stood its ground, really. So, so well done. Yeah. And thank you as well to... For the recommendation for it really and for obviously the collab because this was actually picked by riverdale high av podcast so thank you for that recommendation yeah. and and collabing with us thanks folks because it was it was so funny it definitely it definitely blew my expectations away for sure I, you know what, I'd actually be really intrigued to read others, so... I def I'm tempted to pick up whatever the sequel yeah. is, because this is really recent, yeah, yeah. So whenever that comes out, I want to see what happens next. So, um, so Riverdale High AV, let us know. Then we'll do another review of the sequel. We can like talk about it, hopefully, because people would have picked it up. And we'll do round two. Yeah, do round two. So, that is Interview with the Vixen, which is an, an original Archie Horror novel by Rebecca Barrow. I'll put the link down below. So yeah, that was fun. That was. But now, it's the time we've all been waiting for. Cheddar's paws on, on the floor. No, I'm kidding. It's time for Joe's Random Question of the Week. Little percussion by Cheddar in the background. Yeah, he's my drums. So, for this week, I wanted to go back to this or that. So we did one of these a couple of episodes ago. And Happy days. I was really excited to do it because when I listened back, A, it was so much fun to listen to. And also, we kind of created a bit of a conversation and we had a bit of a ketchup mayo war. So <laughs> I was just wondering if you wanted to do another one. And this week's uh, template is by Kelsey in London. And it's travel. Oh. Which I don't get to do so much right now. So I thought it'd be really fun to go over that because of the cheeky panny d so <laughs> i will ask the question you will answer and then i will give mine sounds good so <laughs> are you ready as i'll ever be city or nature nature city airbnb or hotel 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 i have stayed in one dodgy airbnb before and i will never do it again <laughs> I've, I've stayed in some great Airbnbs and my husband's had some Airbnb experiences where he's like been in someone's house and had really great chats with them but I kind of just want to not interact with the owner of the place I'm staying I feel I just I feel too awkward about it I want to live I want to stay somewhere anonymous so I'm probably oversharing here a little bit but I think I'm also a little bit swayed more to hotels because um I have IBS so I like to know that my bathroom is just going to be my bathroom and I don't mm. really want interferences in that situation. I don't want to share things. That's fair. But yeah. Plane or train? Oh, uh, train because of my fear of dying on a plane. Plane. Fair. Because I just, I like the distance. <laughs> I like to put a lot of distance between me and my lovely dog because he drives me off the wall. That is fair. Um, art or history? Oh, uh, history, I think. I'm going to go with art. I'm very visual. 
I'm not, I do like history, but I, I definitely lean more towards art and paintings sure. and sculptures. Adventure or relax? No, I need both. I need both. I can't pick. So I'm going to say relax more because my life is just an adventure. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm the same as you. My holidays tend to be 50-50. We tend to have activities that we do on certain days and we have like relaxed and chill days where I just sit by the pool and read a book. But in terms of if I could only have one or the other, I think I would probably pick relax because I could probably go on an adventure when I'm not on holiday. Yeah, to be honest, that makes sense. And when I'm when I have time off, at the moment when I have time off, I tend to just like sleep 14 hours a day yeah so relax so i think i have to go with relax because that's what i do when i have a day off at the moment i just sleep forever beach or mountains beach okay if the beach is stoned then a beach i don't like sand i have a real issue you don't with like sand i don't like the, the texture of it i and yeah i just the soon wet or dry as soon as my feet touch sand and it gets between my toes it is literally like someone is scratching my skin off so in those like guided meditations where someone's like feel the sand between your toes you're like ew no no feel sick honestly it makes me feel <laughs> sick to the point that i had a really bad experience where my holiday got cancelled for the listeners i'm not going to go too much into it but my, I had to cancel my holiday because of uh, my mental health and thankfully the travel provider allowed allowed me to get most of the money back and they gave me a discount of another holiday because they, they thought the experience of what I'd received was quite bad and we got a once in a lifetime holiday to Mauritius basically we still had to pay like additional money and stuff like it was a lot more than the mm. other holiday but it wasn't as much because we'd already saved so much and um, my husband was like let's go on the beach <laughs> I literally like stepped on it and I was like I know I should really like this because this is like paradise but still the sand even here makes me want to be sick so I just quickly I was like okay here's a quick picture I'm on the beach I took a picture of my feet in the sea and then I got straight out and I was straight back in straight back up like by the pool because I just couldn't and then I never really stepped on the beach and then also the towel place where you have to go and get your towels each day for the pool the shack was on the beach and I was literally like, I can't. So I, so my husband had to go every day to get the towels for us and I just had to stand there like a, like a lemon because I just couldn't. Aww. And it is literally I was so aggressive with my own skin trying to get the sand off. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Even, even now I'm getting like, um, oh, group or alone? I'm going to say alone, but that you can take like your husband. Because I feel like completely alone is kind of really scary for us. <laughs> but group is like yeah. more, than, more than two, I would say. So normally I would 100% go alone. And I would even in theory be up for staying in a hotel on my own and just like reading and watching whatever I want on Netflix. But at the moment, because there are just two human beings that I see in person, and there are two human beings I've seen in person, maybe three for the last like month or whatever. I kind of feel like I want a group holiday now. You can tell the listeners you just want to go on holiday with me. That's fine. You can tell them. <laughs> I do want to go on holiday with you. I think that'd be really fun. That would be so much Although, fun. apparently we can't go to a beach, so I have to think about where we're going to go. I, will, I can stand on the, on the tip of the beach, but I just won't go on the sand. I will for one photo if you were desperate. You can come to the beach here because it's rocks here. It's pebbly beach. Yeah, I love sand. that. Love that. It's just sand. Mm. Like, I don't have a vendetta against beaches. I just have a vendetta against sand. <laughs> And I will do it. Like, I have had to walk over it before. But, like... I'm not going to put you through that if I don't have to. Let's just go somewhere else. Let's go to a lodge and read in a lodge where you've got, like, a hot tub out on the love that patio idea. balcony love that thing. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just do that for a holiday. We don't have to go to a I sand. mean, I've been to so many beach holidays. Yeah. Where the sand. And I just won't go on the beach. But I'll do all the other things. Like, yeah, it's the thing. But my friend did give me the tip of taking a paintbrush. And then you can just Ooh, use the paintbrush yeah, yeah, afterwards yeah. to get the sand off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a good go the next time. I I'd like to go on a group holiday, but also I know I'm unbearable to be around for like more than a couple of days. I don't know how my husband puts up with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am so I feel like I should say alone, but I like to say alone with Whoa. him because he puts up with me really well. And I just I just like I, I get very overwhelmed by being around a lot of people all the time. So um, mm-hmm. I could do a, like a, week, a long weekend, but I, I don't think I could go on like 
this is saying travel so I'm assuming it means like traveling I don't know I I think I'd have to work my way up to it do you want to plan it or wing it who wings it (laughs) yeah uh well I like a bit of both I like to plan quite a bit but like if it gets over planned I start to freak out and feel like I'm gonna spend the whole holiday worried that I'm gonna miss the next thing that we're meant to be doing so I like to plan like one thing a day. Oh, okay. Like that, that, yeah. And I, I'm plan. I'm a plan person. I've got a plan. Sure, yeah. Like literally create the timetable when we record. Like literally, that's how much I plan. But I, I kind of thought this meant: Do you plan the holiday or do you just wing it? You know, those people that turn to the airport and they're like, I don't even know where I'm going. And they just pick a place. Oh god. Oh god. <laughs> that would be terrifying. Why would you? Who would do that? What yeah. kind of a weirdo would be like, oh yeah, I'll just show up and take the next flight wherever honestly gives me hives just thinking about it not not that spontaneous at all backpack or suitcase suitcase although i have done i try to pack pretty minimally sometimes it's basically it's nice to just have carry-on luggage yeah and so i have done that when that's seems doable and i just have like one massive backpack that has all of my stuff in it so so I guess. Just guess what I am. <laughs> Just guess. Suitcase? I'm 100% a suitcase person. I won't even carry a basket around a supermarket <laughs> without getting tired. Uh, literally, my my greatest present that my husband's bought me in the last couple of years, he bought me these suitcases that have got four wheels, so I don't even have to like push it. It just glides next to me. And it was like the best thing ever because I can pack it with as many things and it's not even that heavy. Resort or cruise? Resort. Yeah, I don't like being on boat. I think I'd be worried that the cruise ship would sink. Yeah, Titanic situation. That's how my brain works. I'd be like, if this goes down, we are fucked. I mean, I can tread water for quite a long time. I tested it out, but not, not. Yeah, no, but but if the boat, if you're not far enough away, the boat just sucks you down yeah, with it. You just kick. Yes. Mm. I'm not risking no. it. I'm not I risking mean, it. I'm, I'm going for the resort. Yeah, definitely resorting. <laughs> resorting anyway. Uh, sightseeing or shopping. Um, sightseeing i think i'm going to surprise people by saying sightseeing because i i do think i give off a very shopping vibe especially if <laughs> anyone can see how done up i am today just to record a podcast she's looking so glam i'm actually shopping is one of the things i hate the most party <laughs> trip or romantic trip romantic trip i've never been that much of a partier honestly i mean i party so hard i i have always thought that about you i'm concerned about your wild partying lifestyle you know I mean? like seems as good a time as any to bring it up yep I have two two alcoholic beverages and I'm done. <laughs> I party so hard. Uh, no, romantic, for sure. And then last but not least, tourist spots or hidden gems? I mean, does anybody really prefer tourist spots? I mean, hidden gems are... Uh, they're, they're like the... They actually, like, paradoxically seem like the obvious choice here. So I'm going to say tourist spots because I love... Oh, okay. I love seeing things that... It's normally because the tourist spots are normally the things that are like wonders of the world, aren't they? So like, say... That's a good so point. So like the Eiffel Tower and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. was beside myself when I saw the Eiffel Tower for the first time. Mm-hmm. And when I went to Rome and I saw, you know, all the tourist spots there. Whereas I don't think I've found a hidden gem. To be fair, there's a reason that tourist spots are tourist spots. It's because there's something particularly interesting or exciting i mean i'd love to say that yeah let let me go and find a hidden gem waterfall somewhere and that'd be great but also if the sand then it's not going to be a great situation for me and also if i can't see if the water looks really murky and dirty i'm not getting in i don't care if it's a hidden gem waterfall so do you know what i mean like (laughs) and i'm not gonna i'm not an architect i'm not gonna discover some like hidden land that's never been before i'm not i'm not a sim from the sims 4 uh, this isn't an ad for them, but there is a there's like a jungle adventure. Yeah, there's like a whole thing where you're Hacking like, your way yeah, through. like that seems like a lot of effort for somebody who can't even carry a basket. Like they just go to the top of the <laughs> So I think uh, my my idea of hidden gems is somewhere between those two. It's not like venturing into the middle of nowhere. It's stuff like the little cafes and stuff that aren't that well known but are really super cool. Oh, okay. Um, oh, okay. I did have a really so that, nice when, when I say hidden gems, I don't mean traipsing into the middle of nowhere because I would just die. I am not built for the great outdoors particularly. I like the great outdoors, but it doesn't like me back. Yeah. But I mean, you know, those little quirky corners of cities that aren't necessarily super well known, but give you a real sense of what the place is like. So that is what I had in mind when you said hidden gems. And that's why I would go for that. 
Okay, yeah. So if it was if it was hidden spots or tourist spots in terms of like eating, then definitely hidden gems. Love a good hidden gem. But um, if it's like <laughs> physically seeing something, then I'm definitely going to go tourist spot hmm. just because I want to. I just I wouldn't want to miss out on the tourists. No, I don't. I don't think there's anything. I don't like turn my nose up at it the way that Veronica does at the thought of killing someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, bringing this back into the book, I hate Sand about as much as she hates the fact that her pearls got ruined. <laughs> Just to put it into context. Oh, that's fair. But yeah, that was this or that travel edition. So yeah, I can't believe it. We've come to the end of another episode. There's only a, a handful more before the end of season one. We obviously we already run a wondrous book club which you can all still join. Yeah, if you're worried that you're going to miss us too much over the break, then join the book club because that's going to keep going. Yes. So you'll still get to hang out. You'll get to hang out with us in real time. Yes, and we will still announce on our Instagram and website, theislandlibrary.com, what our December book club read and our January book club read are because we don't envision being back until about February. So I think the last episode will be up mid-December and then you'll have a couple of bonuses from the book club and then we should be back around February time. Follow us on Instagram and check out our website for updates on when all of that will be happening. Yes and if you if you think oh I'm definitely gonna miss Joe and Laura like you know so much they've become my best friends which is obviously the dream. Think of just giving up one coffee a month and joining our book club and having all the fun seven days a week because I'm hilarious and I'm there all the time you can talk to me we can be friends I mean, it sounds like I'm buying friends which is borderline not now, what I now want. I, th- I feel like we need one of those um you know like in radio adverts where it goes really quickly to kind of indicate that it's small print you know Joe jo and Laura will not actually hang out with you seven days a week in exchange for <laughs> a book club membership <laughs> terms and conditions apply Yes, terms and conditions definitely 100% apply. You, you cannot actually move in with us. We will not be on 24-hour live stream. But we will hang out with you in the book club and look forward to doing yes, so. Yes, 100%. And thank you so much for doing this with me once again. Thank you for doing it with me. Thanks for giving up a portion of your weekend oh, always, to hang out. Always. It's always a joy. Thank you so much to our Patreons and also to our listeners. You are amazing. Take care of yourselves and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. episodes ago and I really enjoyed it because when I listened back and yeah Cheddar was a huge fan as well <laughs> <laughs>